happy Saturday indeed. Welcome into episode number 115 of the Sports Geeky Podcast. My name is Alex Reamer. It's a pleasure to talk to you all each and every week, but especially this one, because we're in May, a glorious time of year, a glorious month, and you have a glorious podcast to kickstart your weekend. How does that sound? Uh, I received a lot of good feedback from our show last week with Cooper Gunn, a college soccer captain who says he was sexually assaulted. Uh, Cooper was so brave and so courageous in sharing his story with us on the show and also publishing a corresponding essay on OutSports. You know, it's, again, just so brave of Cooper to come out and share his story because it's hard for any survivor of sexual assault to share their story. But there's a special stigma, or an extra stigma, I should say, uh, when it comes to men sharing their stories with sexual assault, as Cooper and I discussed. There's this thinking out there that men are powerful, and thus they can't be overtaken and be assaulted like that. But as we talked about, there's more than just the physical component to sexual assault. There's a mental component as well. And that's what Cooper said happened to him. So really important conversation. And we also spent a lot of time at the end talking about how the sexualized culture with gay men may feed into some of this predatory behavior. And it is interesting, right? I mean, I think that there's a lot of unique things about being a gay man and socializing with other gay men. As I believe I said to Cooper, you sexualize and socialize with the same people, which I think lends itself to some inherent challenges and difficult situations. Uh, You know, we have been sexually repressed for a time while we're closeted. So we also have those urges that we want to act on. Um, So that's always been there. And I think a lot of that is healthy to an extent, acting on your sexual urges that have been repressed. Uh, Lord knows I've tried to make up for some lost time, but then it can go into an ugly space, which is what Cooper says happened to him. And I think that our culture today, where you can basically have sex on demand, plays a big role in that as well. I mean, you just look at your iPhone, you can go to Grindr, you can go to Instagram, Twitter. I mean, any app, the gays will turn it into a sex app. You can guarantee yourself that. And you can see naked photos, sex videos, really hardcore kinky stuff as well. And someone like Cooper, who's in his early 20s, you know, they grow up with having that all the time. I mean, I'm an old geezer at 29, It infests people my age too, but, you know, we remember the halcyon early days where Grindr didn't exist or it wasn't as widespread as it is today. Uh, Someone Cooper's age does not have that, and there's that mentality that life revolves around sex, you need to have sex all the time, and there's no shame in being very, very outward about that and being very aggressive about that. So, uh, it's it's an interesting conversation, one that I would like to explore further in a future episode. Uh, but thanks again to Cooper for coming on last week and sharing his story. Uh, really, really powerful and important stuff. Um, so what's on tap for the show this week? We're going to do a few different topics, uh, as we like to do here on the Sports Kiki. Uh, the WNBA season has started, and there is a special Brittany Griner logo on each court, BG42. Uh, All 12 WNBA teams will have that logo on their court 
this season. Uh, there was an update in the Brittany Griner story. The U.S. now says she's wrongfully detained in Russia, meaning the government will try to negotiate her release and not wait for the Russian legal system to play uh, the case out. And that, I think, is the reason why we're seeing every WNBA court now honoring Brittany Griner this season. Previously, there was a strategic effort to not make a lot of noise around this case because, and I talked to a Russian law expert for a story about this, uh, there was the belief that as unfair or unjust as the Russian legal system may be, Brittany Griner still had a better chance of trying to get a just resolution that way than if she became this huge international symbol and if she became a political symbol. Because then the thought was her fate would be left up to one man, Vladimir Putin, who is not exactly the most uh, stable guy, I think, to put it kindly. Um, but clearly, the thinking has shifted. She's been detained in Russia for nearly 80 days for allegedly carrying marijuana vape cartridges cartridges in her luggage. She was detained at an airport near Moscow. And it's, it's a horrible situation. I mean, it is... I mean, Brittany Griner, even if she did what she's accused of doing, that's something that happens all the time. People flying with vape cartridges, e-cigarettes, etc. And to be detained for nearly 80 days... In Russia, she's one of the most decorated out athletes going today, if not of all time. And it's just a huge hole. And the WNBA for the season does not to start without her. And, you know, the WNBA has to take a look at, what's, at, at what they do and how they treat their star players. Because the reason why Brittany Griner was playing overseas in Russia in the first place on the same team, by the way, as the reigning league MVP is because WNBA players don't make nearly as much money here as they can make overseas, even playing in an authoritarian, repressive country like Russia. So just think of that. Brittany Griner thought that playing in Russia is something that she had to do to get properly compensated for her talent. That's messed up. And we can talk a lot about the inequities between men's sports and women's sports. But the WNBA needs to do their stars, needs to treat their stars a little better and do better by them and try to prevent the situation from happening again, where we have star players feeling obligated to play overseas so they can get fairly compensated for their worth. There's something messed up when someone like Brittany Griner is better paid in Russia playing basketball than she is here. And there's a lot of hard looks that many people have to do to figure out why that happened. Now we can prevent it from happening going forward. Um, sticking on the basketball here, I wrote this story on OutSports. I think it's a nice one. Dwayne Wade uh, is a great dad. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, he and Gabrielle Union uh, are incredible parents to their transgender daughter, Zaya. And Dwayne Wade has been very outspoken in support of Zaya and trans rights. Uh, she publicly came out when she was 12 years old, I believe. She's now 14 now. And she's marched in the Miami Pride Parade. And Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union have spoken extensively about the support that they give her and the support that they want all trans children 
to receive. And this week at the Met Gala, Dwayne Wade caught up with Variety, and he delivered a really heartfelt message to trans parents. Uh, he said, think of the moment when you were in the hospital and you grabbed your daughter and you looked at your daughter, all the things that went through your mind and all the emotions that went through your mind and how much love fills your heart at that moment. Don't let that ever leave you no matter what. And those are really important words to say at all times, but especially this time in these times with the raft of anti-LGBTQ legislation we see pouring in, uh, through state legislatures throughout the country and the restrictions on trans rights and trans participation in sports is uh, chief among them. And for somebody with the platform of Dwayne Wade, one of the best NBA players of all time, to speak out in support of trans children, in support of trans rights, is really powerful. And I'm a, for, I'm a firm believer that in today's especially polarized, polar, polarized times, easy for me to say, uh, we need other messengers besides political figures, right? Because even celebrities, movie stars, actors, I mean, they're politically polarized too. The right doesn't like Hollywood. They're not going to listen to any of these quote-unquote limousine liberals so athletes and somebody like Dwayne Wade are, are like the last bastion of people who carry a lot of clout, who have huge platforms, huge followings, and when they speak, they aren't instantly tuned out by roughly half the country. And that's why I think that athletes, I, I encourage all athletes to use their platforms if they want to, to talk about social issues, political issues, and for Dwayne Wade, it's very personal. And it's pretty cool. We talked about this on the show a couple weeks ago. Magic Johnson spoke about coming to love his gay son, EJ. And Magic has been a fervent supporter of LGBTQ rights. And so you have two of the greatest NBA players of all time. Magic Johnson and Dwayne Wade, who will be a shoo-in for the Hall of Fame when he's eligible in 2023, uh, speaking, out in speaking out for these issues and speaking out in favor of of LGBTQ rights and LGBTQ kids, and that's just really cool. Uh, we highlight it when athletes say stupid things in regards to LGBTQ issues, so I think it's worth highlighting when athletes say the right things, and Dwayne Wade certainly has done a lot of that. Uh, well, it's not all good news, though, here, uh, here in the latter half of the sports kiki. Uh, we have a very tiring trope that has come up again about gay panic shower nonsense, as Sid Ziegler puts it in a column published on Outsports Friday. Uh, Patrice Evra is a French former professional soccer player who said this week that when he played for West Ham, a soccer club in the UK, some of his teammates said aloud they would refuse to shower with any gay teammates. Here's the quote. I give the example when I was playing for West, Ham, for West Ham, someone from the English Federation came and said, we need to accept everyone. And the amount of players that were like, no, if some of my teammates are gay, they have to leave now. I won't do any shower with them. I stand up and I say, shut up, shut up, everyone. Can you hear yourselves? We still don't accept everyone. In the football world, they're not open-minded enough and it's a shame. So if this is true, credit to Patrice Evra for speaking out and highlighting the apparent bigotry that still exists in locker rooms, uh, in English soccer, and I'm sure in sports everywhere. Um, and as Sid mentioned, this is just like 
one of the most tiring and idiotic tropes out there in regards to gay men playing in sports. That somehow gay men might pose a threat to their straight teammates in the shower. I mean, what's the idea here? That if you're left alone with a gay man in a bar of soap, he may what? Physically assault you? Stare at you longingly with his eyes? Try to grab you? Be unable to resist your beautiful naked body? I mean, it really is quite arrogant, is it not? That there's this apparent mindset out there that, oh, I'm so hot that if I'm naked, the men will just flock after me. Uh, honey, do not flatter yourself. Don't flatter yourself. I mean, it is quite ironic that I think oftentimes the least attractive people are the ones most worried about this problem happening. Um, and there's just no evidence of it whatsoever. I mean, gay teammates have been showering with their straight teammates for decades. I mean, whether they're out, closeted, I mean, Robbie Rogers showered with his teammates in MLS when uh, Ever was playing for West Ham. Uh, Scott Cooper, former college football player, out to his teammates. Uh, he's talked about being a gay athlete, showering with teammates, and he told us for OutSports a story a few years ago that there's really nothing sexual or, or stimulating about it. I mean, he said, after hours of hard practice and 105-degree heat, I was hot, sweaty, sore, bruised, tired, and hungry. Hitting on my teammates was the last thing on my mind. Never mind that they were my brothers and weren't my type. I just wanted nothing more than to rinse off the turf and sweat and get some Gatorade and grub. Absolutely. I mean, anybody who's spent any time in locker rooms at any level knows that outside of pornos, they are the least sexually stimulating place out there. Maybe airport restrooms, sorry Larry Craig, but besides that, I would put locker rooms right up there. And it's just so stupid, it's so arrogant, and I mean, thankfully, with Carl Nassib last season, we didn't have any of these embarrassing shower stories or anonymous teammates. I mean, I remember what happened when Michael Sam had his first training camp with the Rams eight years ago, that embarrassing report from ESPN about his showering habits. Thank God we've evolved since then and don't have any outlets here in the U.S. talking about that kind of nonsense. I mean, it's just it's just so ridiculous. And really, again, I just go back to arrogant. I mean, really? You people really think you're that good looking? That if we see your naked body, we'll just throw ourselves all over you? No, as I said, honey, do not flatter yourself. Don't flatter yourself at all. So it's a great column from Sid up on Out Sports, and uh, just we're in 2022, and yet this really idiotic, dumb trope still exists, apparently, in some circles. Uh, the last big story that I want to talk about on the show this week is a non-sports story, which is why we saved it for last. But it's something that I've been thinking about quite a bit the last few days. Uh, I'm talking about North Carolina Congressman Madison Cawthorn. And why am I thinking about Madison Cawthorn, who I really find to be an odious uh, person and legislator? Well, because the smear campaign is on. Uh, a quick recap for those who may not be paying attention to this story. Uh, several weeks ago, Madison Cawthorn said that he's been invited to cocaine-fueled orgies uh, by other lawmakers in D.C., many of whom he said are people he respects in their 60s and 70s. 
Uh, and ever since Madison said that and blew the lid on these supposed cocaine-fueled orgies, um, the drip, drip, drip has not stopped. We have reports about ethics violations, which are serious, and then a smear campaign on what appears to be uh, this insinuation or this effort to make it seem as if that Madison himself is gay. Uh, I think last week there was a photo, a video that surfaced of Madison placing his hand on a staff member's crotch in the car. Uh, he's very close with this top staffer, who I believe is also his cousin. Uh, so, yep, the, the, he placed uh, his hand on the staffer's crotch, or maybe the staffer placed his hand on Madison's crotch. Whatever. There was crotch grabbing. There was joking. There was horsing around. So that video came out last week. And now this week, we have a new video. You can find it if you would like, of Madison Cawthorn fully naked, face-humping said staff member. Uh, who was lying in bed. And you look at the video, they were clearly horsing around like idiot frat bros do from time to time. Um, but the smear campaign is on. And, you know, I just... I just... This story really bothers me for a couple of reasons. First of all, you know, you see a lot of this on Twitter from Democrats that... Oh, you know, Madison, it's okay if you're gay, but not okay that you, you know, want to, you know, curtail LGBTQ rights and the hypocrisy. And it's like, no, 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 no. First of all, just saying that, you know, it's okay if you're gay kind of implies that being gay is a bad thing. And also, like, no, have any of these people ever met a frat bro before? They horse around. They do stuff like this all the time. I mean, I also saw screenshots of his Venmo account. Him and this staffer had payments with each other and they had the lines and captions like, you know, for getting, na getting naked for me or, you know, to see your beautiful body. And I see people screenshotting these Venmo charges like, aha, see, Madison Cawthorn is a closeted gay man who is posting about <laughs> paying his friend for sex on Venmo. Like, yeah, that's really, really discreet. I mean, if he was actually closeted, I don't think any of these videos would exist. I mean, just so dumb. Watch this video. It's so obvious that he's joking around, which is, you know, toxic in and of itself. But what's just as toxic is looking at these videos and saying, ah, he's gay. Come out, Madison. No. I mean, again, do these, do they, Everyone just spends way too much time online and not enough time out in the world, apparently. I mean, there's nothing gay about Madison Cawthorn. We would not accept him even if he was. Sorry to say that. Uh, but truly, in this, in this notion that, you know, he's, <laughs> that, that he's, it's just, it's, it's really childish and really silly and again, kind of insulting. I mean, really, it, it's, it's all of the above. I mean, you can, you can say he's despicable without calling him gay. And again, he's not gay. Frat bros, they joke around, they horse around. This is toxic masculinity. That's all Madison Cawthorn has. He does not have an attraction to men. Sorry to say to all these resist resistance libs out there who think that, you know, <laughs> grabbing your, you know, putting your hand on your staff members, on a staff member's crotch and making funny voices means that you are this, deeply closeted gay person. I mean, it's just so, it's just so silly. It's so ridiculous. 
Uh, so I had to get that off my chest. So thank you for indulging me, and thank you as always for listening to another edition of the Sports Kiki, episode 115. As always, if you have any show ideas, guest ideas, hit me up on Twitter. That's the best way to find me. At AlexStreamer1 is my username. That again is at AlexStreamer1. So long, everybody. We'll talk to you next on the podcast next Saturday. <laughs>